Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. At Midwest IT Support Help Desk, we believe that technology should support and enhance your organization's success, not constrain it. With our wide range of best-in-class services, we provide customized solutions that fit your unique IT needs. We are committed to excelling at our job so you can focus on doing yours. Midwest IT Support Help Desk is always available, providing your organization with professional remote help desk support services you need. Midwest IT Support Help Desk will solve your technology issues day or night. Our IT staff ensures that your networking computers are up to date and ready for operation on a daily basis. Don't wait until problems occur. Let our organization solve them with our monitoring software, giving you the peace of mind you need. Let us do the worrying for you. Enabling your workforce with top-notch technologies isn't just important, but imperative for business success. This customizable solution allows your team to work seamlessly and collaboratively in a protected space. No matter what IT services you need, Midwest IT Support Help Desk will be there to support you every step of the way. Midwest IT Support Help Desk. We are committed to excelling at our job so you can focus on doing yours. Please visit www.midwestitsupport.com for more information or shoot us an email at helpdesk at midwestitsupport.com. Give us a call, 765-239-9668. You are now listening to Two Guys in the Balcony with Ryan and Dan on RadioAFS.com. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle-belling And everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another great episode of Two Guys in a Balcony with Brian and Dan right here on RadioAFS.com. Fat Boy Media, DRCP Army. I am Brian, and with me as always is my jolly good buddy, Dan. What is up, my brother? Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, Brian. How you doing tonight? Oh, I'm good, brother. Thank you. Merry Christmas to your family from us. And uh, I, I'm good, man. I'm I'm ready to get this thing started because the sooner it gets started, the sooner it ends. <laughs> that sounds like you don't want to do the show tonight, man. That's kind of fucked up. No, I'm, no, I'm talking about the holiday. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the show. I was like, wait a minute. No, the show's the show I'm happy with. But I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to be here tonight, man, as always. Every week, man, it's been an honor and a privilege, and it's been so much fun. Every single week. We've missed, what, one week, I think, due to some technical issues since February 12th when we first started this shit. We've been yeah. here since February doing it, man. We've had people listening every single week. We love you guys for it. It's it's Christmas, man. It's Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to all of you guys out there listening, to you and your families from us. Um, first of all, though, we do actually have some very sad news today. Um, our, our condolences, concerns, and prayers go out to all 
of the people that have lost loved ones and all the hostages that are still alive as we know it over in California right now. Nakatomi Plaza has been taken over by a group of terrorists, and our uh, thoughts and prayers go out to all of them. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, officers John McClain can, can figure out a way to get through this, man. He's, he's trapped in you. there. He's trapped in there alone, man. It's. I actually do have to correct you on one thing, and I'm sorry to say this. Um, uh, Nakatomi Plaza is actually in New York. Did I say Cal? What did I say? You said California. Did I say California? You did say California. Oh. Now, uh, my now I can see the confusion because my my uh, I did not actually mean California there. My apologies. Thank you for that correction there, Dan. Absolutely. But yes, yes. Um, uh, you know, I posted that uh, news feed up on our page about an hour or so ago, and uh, you know, a all of our prayers and all of our thoughts go out to the people and the loved ones that are in Nakatomi Plaza and are affected by Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's definitely never a. Uh... It's never a good thing on a holiday, nonetheless, during a Christmas party, really? Come on, it's Christmas time, man. I know. I mean, what what, what are these assholes thinking? I mean, I, I get it you're a terrorist, but could you have picked a less, you know, festive day to hold people hostage? I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it, it's sad. When uh, I don't know. Oh, actually, I stand Act- corrected. Nakatomi Plaza is in Los Angeles, California. I apologize. John McClain was from New York. I apologize. Yeah, Dick. Yeah, you got me uh, all confused. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I confused myself when I said that. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, no, but but you are right. Los Angeles, California. You um, Dick. Nakatomi Plaza with NYPD. Um, officer John McClain stuck in there trying to do the best he can to help out LAPD um, to rectify the situation. I apologize. Now, now I did hear three words that um, are very sweet to hear that come out of your mouth. Can, can you repeat those real quick? I'm not sure that they got in my, my left ear. It's kind of uh, ringing a little I'm bit. the best? No, that's not what it was. I'm pretty sure it was you were right. Oh, I didn't utter those words. I have oh, no okay. idea what you're thinking. Are you sure? I'm positive. But anyways, um, if anybody <laughs> actually has any updates on the Nakatomi incident right now um, or throughout the show, we are actually only going to be on here for two hours tonight. There will not be a third hour, so we will only be on here for the two-hour live segment. And uh, so if anybody gets it, catches any updates on that Nakatomi uh, situation going on out there in California. Yes, Los then, Angeles. Uh, <laughs> feel free to call us in and let us know what's going on. Keep us updated. 646-668-8467. And, uh, you know, we'd love to hear what's going on out there. So, hey, we might even hear from John McClane himself. How's that sound? That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But, <laughs> but anyways, man. Dude, it's Christmas. How's uh? It is. It's Christmas Eve. Man. Man. I can't believe it. It really is. It's Christmas Eve. I know. I know it. Damn, it's crazy. 
So, oh, man, how's your so uh, got been? Dude? Oh, you got something. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, okay, before I get into my week, so, okay, the most wonderful time of the year, the song that we play at the beginning, the song that we have been playing at the beginning of our show for the past month. I said it last week, and I'll say it not yeah, for the past month. month. Oh, yeah. Well, no, we didn't play it for the horror show, but after that, we did. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's one of my absolute favorite Christmas songs. Right. But there's one part in there that has always baffled me, and I'm hoping that Which don't take maybe much. you – it doesn't. It really doesn't. But I'm hoping that you know maybe you or you know one of our listeners can enlighten me as to why during the christmas season you'd be around a fire telling scary ghost stories along with you know stories of christmases long long ago why would you be telling scary ghost stories on christmas eve or in the christmas that has always baffled me you know where he says there will be tale, uh, there will be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long long ago. Well, why would you be why, why would you be telling scary ghost stories? Ghost stories, dude. Think about it. We've talked about one of the best movies, one of, one of the most awesome movies of all time, Scrooged with Bill Murray. Okay, right? now obviously this is this Scrooged has been translated so many times with the Christmas Carol over the years and everything, but. They are all visited by the ghosts of Christmas, past, present, and future. Well, there's a ghost story right there. Um, okay, but it's not scary. No, it's not scary. I mean, well, it depends I mean, the, the on ghost, the ghost of Christmas future is. Some of the, some of these movies are scary, depending on who the acting is by. Um, <laughs> Jim Carrey. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it. it I mean, there's there's could be ghost stories out there for Christmas and stuff. I'm sure. I mean, it just it just always confused me because I've never well, been look, one. I mean, I've watched Christmas horror. We talked about this at the beginning this of the movie. month. Right, first first week of this month, we had talked about Christmas horror movies, and we had talked about the you had talked to me about the one uh, on Netflix. Actually, it's the uh, oh, what was the name of it? We were just talking about it. A Christmas horror story. Yeah. Yeah, and I finally watched it. Now, one of those stories in that has got that chick that's, you know, haunting the three kids that are in the basement of the school. You know, she's a ghost. So, I mean, I guess that can classify and count as a ghost story. Okay. Okay. You know what? I'll give you that one. I'll give it to you. It just always confused me. I mean, you know, I'm all for Christmas horror movies and holiday horror movies. But when it comes to Christmas Eve, I mean, you know, I put all that away and I watch my typical, you know, Christmas movies and do all the, you know, do the traditional Christmas things. You know, and none of it's scary. I don't tell ghost stories or anything like that. So I didn't know why. I mean, maybe some people do. But, I mean, this song is, is you know, how old? So I don't know. I, I just always wondered. Well, that's a good question. I don't know. So, I mean, I really don't know. I mean, I how old is this song? I have no idea. 
it'd be a good thing to look up. It would be. Why don't you get right on top of that? <laughs> I'm actually right in there. See, I knew it. <laughs> of course I'm going to look it up. Uh, do, 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 do. Um, give me one second. 1963 by Edward Pola and George Weil. Well, there you go. Released October 14th, 1963. Damn. Well, and I'm sure they had ghost stories back then or, you know, anything. I mean, it was a way to maybe a ghost story to scare the shit out of kids and then be like, but Santa Claus comes in and saves the day. (laughs) Right. Yeah, there will be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. And then it says it's the most wonderful time of the year. I don't know. It's it, it's just weird. Anyway. So, you asked me how my week went. Well, yes. Okay. Well, I'd have to say I had an amazing week this week. Um, things were going very well in the store. Um, we actually had a competition at the store where uh, it was called the 12 Days of Christmas, and every uh, every day there was a new special going on for those that had a loyalty card, and um, there was a contest between the stores. Now, the stores are broken down into different categories depending on, uh, you know, what they bring in and what the volume they do and, and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I can't compete against somebody that makes triple what I make in a week. You know, so, you know, we had a contest and it was broken down. Um, and I found out actually this morning from my district manager that my store was number one in its little division. So we won the, uh, won the contest. Nice. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And then later and then later on in the day, the uh actual owner of the company, because it's a small local company, um, the actual owner of the company came into the store and walked around and, you know, pointed out a couple little things that I can do better. I mean, you know, I'm not perfect. But uh overall he said, you know, the store looks really good. And um I later found out from my district manager that that's actually a huge compliment because he's always in there finding things and, you know, finding little things wrong and this, that, and the other. But for him to, you know, not nitpick too much and to say overall, you know, that the store looks really good and that's doing well is actually a big compliment coming from the, from the owner of the company. So, you know, that was a big boost to me today. Hell yeah. Oh, I want I can understand why. So And then, you know, of course, if you are on my personal Facebook or if you have checked out, you know, the two guys Facebook here in the past couple of days, you'll know that 
last night, the wife and I went to the theaters and we saw Star Wars The Last Jedi. And, uh, Mario, if you're listening right now, um, please give me a call real quick because I want to know your, your feelings on the movie. We're not going to give away any spoilers. It's way too early for that. Um, but I wanted to know what you thought of the movie overall because, Brian, I know you haven't seen it all yet, um, and when you do, I want to get your thoughts on it. But I know that Mario has seen it. And if Mario, if you're listening, please give me a call, 646-668-8467. Because I want to know if you had the same feelings towards it as, as I did. And that's all I'm going to say. But overall, it was a really good week. Really good week. Got all my Christmas shopping done early. Um, all I got to do tonight is... Uh, you know, sit back, relax, and let Santa do his thing. All right. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a really good week. I'm pumped up, dude. I got, I mean, it was just really good news today. So no, I'm really pumped up. No, I, uh, my week went by pretty quick. Um, four day weekend, you know, I got off Saturday morning and, uh, we don't go back till Wednesday night, so yeah, nice. four day weekend. Nice. We're gonna yeah, I get head over head over to a really good friend of mine's house, and uh, you know, you and I are best friends. Yes. But I I got a question here. Are you allowed to have two best friends, or is it only one best friend? I think that was like a question back in middle school that was never solved. <laughs> You're allowed to have two best friends. Okay, well, he's my best friend too. I'm so he's like he's like best friend the remix or the sequel. <laughs> best Look, friend the sequel. The, we don't do sequels. We fucking hate sequels. Hey, not all of them are okay. Well, well, then he's best friend and your best friend the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> but we hate prequels too. <laughs> well, damn. Um, look, look, I'll be best friend number one. He can be best, best friend, friend number two. Best friend reimagining. <laughs> okay, I can, yeah, I can give you that. I can there give you, you go. That. So we're, can't, we're actually can't say remake because we fucking hate remakes. Not all remakes are bad. Not, not all, all sequels remakes. are bad. Not all sequels are bad. 90% of them are. Right. But, uh, but no, he, uh, we're, my family's going to, you know, we're all going to go over to his family's house for uh Christmas dinner tomorrow and hang out over there for the day and watch some football and eat some food and everything. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Tonight I'm going to sit down with the old lady. We're going to watch the uh the, the new Star Wars movie. Um you can hear the anticipation in my voice and uh <laughs> it's all because yeah, I told well, you my feelings on it. And I'm not well, going to say my feelings on it until well, Mario no, I mean, calls it. You know, I I've I've heard a lot I I heard a lot of reviews on this movie already. Nobody told me anything about it, but um they gave me their feelings towards it. And you know, everybody everybody looks at things differently and I'm just like every time they said something, I'm like, "Oh well, yeah, your opinion doesn't matter." And you know, yeah, pretty much. I I'm going in I'm going into it by myself. You know, I've I've watched the first 20 minutes of a 
It, it was, yeah. I, I'm going to watch it all tonight, and um, we'll definitely jump back into this, and I'll, I'll let you know that I watched it next week. And, you know, yeah. But I want to talk some Christmas movies until uh, Mario calls in and, and takes over the show with Star Wars. Um, let's get into it, man. Um, Absolutely. Now, Dan, yeah, I'm ready to go. Now, Dan, there is it is Christmas Eve. And it is. The first movie that comes to mind, you already know which one I'm thinking of. But I'm going to go ahead and let you pick the uh, first movie that we're going to discuss tonight. We want to dive into. Okay. Absolutely. Well, like you said, it is Christmas Eve. And, of course, the first movie that I think of, when it comes to Christmas Eve, actually starts when we go off the air tonight. And doesn't end for 24 hours. Um, and of course, I mean, you already know I'm talking about a Christmas story. This is... Actually, I was, I was thinking It's a Wonderful Life, honestly. That's where I was going, but I figured you were going to pick something else. (laughs) Well, because, I mean, you think about, you know, It's a Wonderful Life is pretty much right on Christmas Eve. And, and into Christmas Day. It's Christmas Eve into Christmas Day, but Christmas story is pretty much the same way, so... But that's why I was saying, I mean... Christmas story kind of starts off, you know, kind of right after Thanksgiving and starts into the whole, you know, holiday season. And it's about, you know, a young boy, Ralphie, who tries to convince his parents and Santa to get him a Red Ryder BB gun for Christmas. You know, and the whole thing is you'll shoot your eye out. Which I'm sorry, but I don't think he was going to shoot his eye out. I thought he would have shot someone else's eye out. Yeah, yeah. The first one that I watched, the first time that I watched it, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of have to agree. I mean, I would have shot my mom and dad for calling me fucking Ralphie. (laughs) Right. Although I can't say anything. My parents called me something similar when I was a kid. And then you know, well, wait a minute. I will resue this mic and and (laughs) pull your fucking vocal cords out. Well, I mean, I could have said it, but I was thinking more along the lines of I don't see how you get Ralphie and Jackass as the same or similar, but, you know. Okay, yeah, well, so there I'll accept go. that. For those of you who didn't know, when Dan was hollered at by it, when Dan was being held by his parents, all you heard was, Jackass! Tell me, mother! <laughs> That's why I respond to it right now. That's why I respond to it so easily right now. Hey, dipshit, get down here. Okay, Dad! No, that's what my wife calls me. Come on now. <laughs> I thought it was more couch potato than anything, but okay. Whoa, whoa. I spend very little time on the couch unless it's Sunday night. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of Sunday nights. <laughs> <laughs> There's about four or five in each month. <laughs> Dan has slept a lot on the couch since we started this show. Uh I slept on a lot on the couch before I started the show, but <laughs> it is it has increased over the past nine months or so. <laughs> so eleven months? Ten months. Ten yeah. Is it ten, eleven? Ten months. No, yeah. it's eleven. No, ten months, yeah. Ten, ten and months, a half. Yeah. Ten, ten and a half. We'll go with ten and a half. 
Ten and twelve yeah. days. We'll figure it out at some point, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but but anyway. But no, I. But anyway, going back to a Christmas story. The reason why I picked this movie to start off with is because we all can relate as a child. You know, I mean, every every child wants that one gift, and even adults, you know, want that one special gift for Christmas. You know, to make it's the perfect Christmas gift. You know, and that's what everybody is searching for. You know. And I know this is going along the whole materialistic commercial side of Christmas, and I don't really care. But it's that it's that everybody's searching for that perfect gift, you know, whether it's to give the perfect gift to the loved one or to receive that perfect gift from a loved one. And that's what this movie is about. It's about Ralphie's journey from finding out what the perfect gift is to getting the perfect gift. You know, it's that whole, how do I convince my parents? How do I convince my, uh, you know, my teacher? How do I convince Santa Claus that this is the absolute perfect gift to give to, to, to me that will make you happy to give to me and the most perfect gift for me to receive that will make me happy. And and that's every when when that's every kid's that that's every kid's goal for Christmas. You know that's why we ask Santa for, you know that's that's why we talk to Santa. You know we want him to get our get us the perfect gift. <coughs> you know, and then on the other hand, it's you know, what do we give? To our spouse or, you know, a friend or, uh, you know, our kids, how do we get that perfect gift for them to, you know, to see their face light up on Christmas morning? You know, and that's why I love this movie so much because it is that journey, you know, and, and it's, 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 you know, how sneaky can he be to, uh, you know, show his parents the perfect gift and how ingenious is he and it's I mean and then you've got you know I mean of course his life his daily life over you know the course of you know right after Thanksgiving until Christmas Day and there's a lot of comedy in it but there's a lot of real life in it you know I mean no I didn't grow up in the 1940s but there's a lot of relatability to it for every child Right. Well, I mean, and it's funny, too, because his dad in the movie, like, knew everything, you know, and, of course, I remember back when I was a kid, too, and mom and dad had all that fucking shit plugged into the wall, into one outlet. (laughs) Y'all knew that you were waking up extra crispy the next day. Surprisingly, somehow we made it through. And And the dad that could (laughs) fix anything and cursed every word while he was fixing it. Yep. Yep. That was my yep. dad, and that is me. <laughs> yep. That's. Oh yeah. That that was definitely. I I can't even say that was my dad. That was my parents, and that <laughs> that is definitely <laughs> yeah. my parents, and that is me. I um, you know, 
We, you know, it's funny too because when we're when you're kids, you always grow up and you're like, I ain't never being like my mom and dad. This this bullshit. My parents are the worst. My parents are horrible. I ain't never growing up to be like them. I'm gonna be the complete opposite. Bullshit. You grow up to be about a hundred percent just like them. You're an asshole. You cuss all the time. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's you true. know, the only difference that my parents don't have. The only parent, the only difference that I don't have, yeah, you know, that I have when it comes to my parents, is when I was going to school, I didn't walk uphill both ways. It wasn't twelve <laughs> foot of it wasn't twelve foot of snow without shoes in the middle of July. Um, you know, it would certain you know no, I small the, details like that. I rode the fucking bus while it was sliding uphill both ways. Just wait. And no, Brian, before you say it, it was not the fucking the bus. short bus, so shut up. <laughs> the bus was barefoot or you were barefoot? <laughs> hey, now. No, I had shoes. I mean, they may have been, you know. It, they, I may just, have been, they may have been zips from fucking Payless, but I had shoes. I, th- I thought it was the short bus, though, because I heard them stories about you rocking back and forth. Beep, beep. Beep beep. <laughs> that's where <laughs> that's where Richie that's where Richie got it from. Beep beep, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at on video right now. Oh God, I'd flip you off so fucking hard, you'd be able to feel it through the screen. <laughs> now, Dan, ladies and gentlemen, Dan did not ride the short bus. Um, he he did very very. It was a momentary thing. Um, they kicked him off when they realized they couldn't keep him off the hood of the hood, hood of the vehicle because he was constantly trying to lick the windshield wipers while they were on. So, yeah, it was one of those things. He kept getting his tongue stuck. So they were just like, "Nope, we're done." That's why Dan likes this movie so much. He's like, yeah, "I've done that before. I've done stuck my tongue to the to a pole in the middle of winter." You ever done that? Actually, I actually I never have. To be honest, I've I, never stuck my my hell no, I got, first time I ever thought about it, I remembered watching this movie, and I'm like, no, hell no. No, no, because then you get the fire department called, and, and then you got this big old, you know, bandage on your tongue, and no, no. Yeah, I, n- I never did that. Like, I I won't lie, you know, I I did the whole 9-volt nine, nine battery thing and everything, but <laughs> oh, I put on a frozen light pole. That uh, sucked. That sucked. <laughs> I try to get... I try to get my kids to do it now. I'm like, hey, was fully charged. Man, get you a brand new one out of the package. Whew. Kids have YouTube nowadays to watch that, so they watch yeah. people do that and they don't do it. They're like, no, yeah. Dad, I'm not dumb. I'm right, not back, dumb. back in the day, back in the day, man, you could make them do it. You'd be like, hey, this is really cool. All the cool kids are doing it. Now it's like, nah, I seen that on Facebook like two weeks ago. It ain't funny. All right. right? Damn, y'all ain't no fun. Right. Now I got names (laughs) for everything. I'm like, you guys are no fun. You know, back in the day, we used to be, we didn't have YouTube and and shit. We were were lucky to. I'm so fucking old right now. (laughs) Man, I know. But we didn't get that shit. Back in my day. (laughs) Our communication. Those those are words I never thought I would ever, ever fucking say to my kids. Back in my day. Man, I know. I know. You know how many times I say that a week, dude. My kids are sitting there and they, like, okay, 
my son the other day was shitty. He got a little frustrated because he wasn't able to connect on uh, the Wi-Fi. wasn't connected. It was. It was. You know how it just kind of like every once in a while it has to, it resets itself, or it just won't connect for a minute, and it has to reestablish, and then it'll connect. Yeah. Getting frustrated, and I'm like, man, you got like 30 seconds to a minute, maybe. I remember sitting there for 20 fucking minutes while dial-up would come up just for AOL AIM. Do <laughs> you remember that shit? Yeah. Just so you could get on that, just so you could get on that Yahoo Instant Messenger, so you could talk to somebody for 15, 20 minutes before your mom and dad kicked you off that desktop, because that's the only one y'all had in the house. And then they kick you off the internet because they needed to use the phone line. Yeah. They come home with or these you- thumb drives. They come home with the thumb drives now. Talking about, man, I got all my homework on here. I'm like, man, shut up. I used to have to carry this big-ass container with a bunch of floppy disks. So I don't want to hear it. Floppy disks? What are you talking about? I carried a fucking trapper keeper. Had actual paper hey. in it, dude. And hey, books. I had those too. I had those too, but we had the, we had the floppy disks for the, for the computer class and stuff. So, but yeah, like yeah the five and a quarter. Yeah. The, the big, the actual floppy this, not the little hard plastic things, the big ones, the big motherfuckers. Well, no, I, we had the uh, smaller plastic ones, but still, we had the big-ass container to carry like 20 of them in. It sucked. Yeah. Man, hey, wait, how did this go from us talking about Christmas to us bitching about our childhood? Because that's how it always goes. Damn you, Ralphie! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Y'all anyway. are grateful ass kids nowadays. Y'all just don't understand, okay? And, and that's the funny thing is, my parents will still be like, "Y'all don't understand what the struggle was like, Wait, raising you guys." And da, 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 da. now I'm like, I'm like, damn. Really? I got kids of my old mom. Right. I'm like, maybe there was a, a struggle. And then as I get older, I'm like, wait a minute, it's bullshit. It wasn't that bad. Mom, you I've don't know the pictures. struggle of a kid when the Wi-Fi goes down, okay? <laughs> Hashtag old school in it. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag back in the day. Hashtag Brian and Dan. Hashtag geriatrics. <laughs> Hashtag back in my day. Hashtag parents. Hashtag Alzheimer's. <laughs> Oh, shit. I can just see it now. My 15-year-old son is rolling his eyes. Oh, my God, Dad. Hashtag is so out. It's not lit. It's not on fleek anymore. And apparently fleek is not on fleek anymore. So, I mean, I, you know. I remember I went to work, and there was this guy that came in. And and he was working. This this chick came in for something. I don't remember what it was. I I don't even remember where I was working. But this customer come in. And he was like, he he said something to me about her. She something that she she had on was on fleek or whatever. And I said, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> and he's like, "What is what?" And I said, "What the fuck <clears throat> is whatever it was you just said? I don't. It's so stupid. I don't even know how to pronounce it." And he said, "Fleek." And I'm like, "What the fuck is fleek?" He's like, "It." it, it Basically means on point. And I'm like, then why don't you just say on point? Fleek sounds stupid as shit. <laughs> That's like us saying it was rad. 
I mean, what the hell does it, Brad mean? It's like when it's like when people when people call each other Bay, and I'm just like, hey, you know what Bay means, really? Like, do you really yeah. know what that word means? And they're just like, yeah. uh, yeah, that's my that's my baby. That's short for baby. And I'm just like, okay, well, you just called her a big pile of heaping shit. Congratulations. Right. right? Or like when people go around saying, oh, I'm gonna get crunk tonight. Really? Do you know what crunk means? Yeah, it means I'm gonna get drunk. No, dumbass. Crunk no. is sick in German. It means you're gonna get here, sick, like throwing up, like like physically ill. Here's here's my all time favorite. In the 90s, but hey. Here here's my all time favorite. Started from the bottom, now I'm here. Motherfucker, everybody started from the bottom. Like no right? shit, you started from the bottom, you dumbass. Like you ain't no one special. I mean shit. I could have made that song, and I ain't even doing nothing big with my life, and I'm just like started from the bottom, now I'm here, sitting at my fucking computer talking to my friend on the internet. But here I am, dumbass. Everybody started from the bottom. There ain't nothing special about you. You didn't do nothing. Shut up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to two geriatric guys at a balcony. If you'd like to <laughs> reminisce with us, call us at 646-668-8467. And yes, a rotary phone will work. <laughs> Just watch out for the long distance phone charges. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you better wait till after seven o'clock so you don't incur the, the so you get the you know the after hour special. <laughs> so, you get, our, so you can get charged nights of weekends. Our switchboard operator is standing by. <laughs> and the switchboard is absolutely not lighting up. <laughs> oh fuck! We get we get so we get so distracted and, and sidetracked so easily. Yeah, very sidetracked. Oh man! But anyway, it's like, it's like wait, what's the story? I'm glad we've got listed. I'm glad we've got our information of what we're talking about right in front of us. Otherwise, I would have forgot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's because we're two geriatric guys in a balcony. That ain't no shit. Here I am. I, I still, swore I'd never, dude. I swore yeah. I would never talk about back in the day and relate myself to the way things are now and and look at us. I, I do it all the damn time with my kids. I'm like, is, I don't want to hear it. The thing is, is back in the day for us, well, for me anyway, back in the day was the 80s, you know? And I'm like, that that wasn't that long ago. That was only, what, you know, 20, 30 years ago? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? I'm like, yep. oh, my God, that was like 30 years ago. And I'm thinking that was just, you know, fucking yesterday. No, no, Dad, that was 30 years ago. Oh, God, I'm old. I'm still waiting for Mario to call in, by the way, 646-668-8467, so I can hear his opinion on the new Star Wars movie, because I know he saw it. So he'll he'll Mario, call in next week and be like, he's going to call in next week and be like, well, I was going to call in last week, but if you were supposed to be talking about Christmas, you old forgetful fucks. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but, uh, uh, well, Dan, man, we're going to have to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back... Dan and I will actually talk some Christmas movies. So we, we will be on back. We we did. We did start. Yes. Very vaguely. <laughs> but when we come back, we will be back right after this. 
I must be dreaming, wake up, Jack, this isn't fair! What's this? What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little creatures laughing. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone daffy? What is this? What's this? There's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. They're busy building toys. Absolutely no one's dead. There's frost in every window. Oh, I can't believe my eyes. And in my bones I feel the warmth that's coming from inside. Oh, look. What's this? The hanging mistletoe. They kiss? Why, that looks so unique. Inspired! The gathering around hearing story roasting chestnuts on a fire. What's this? What's this? In here, they've got a little tree. How queer! And who would ever think, and why? They're covering it with tiny little things. They've got electric lights on strings, and there's a smile on everyone. So now correct me if I'm wrong. This looks like fun, this looks like fun. Oh, could it be? I got my wish. What's this? Oh, my. What now? The children are asleep. But look, there's nothing underneath. No ghouls. No witches here to scream and scare them or ensnare them. Only little cozy things secure inside their dreamland. <sighs> What's this? The monsters are all missing and the nightmares can't be found. And in their place there seems to be good feeling all around. Instead of screams, I swear I can hear music in the air. The smell of cakes and pies are absolutely everywhere. The sights, the sounds, they're everywhere and all around. I've never felt so good before. This empty place inside of me is filling up. I simply cannot get enough. I want it, oh I want it, oh I want it for my own. I've got to know, I've got to know what is the place that I have found. What? Christmas time? What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Two Guys in a Balcony with Brian and Dan. We're, well, with your two old fucks right here on RadioAFS.com, <laughs> Fatboy Media, DRCP Army. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us all on the on that Facebook thing, you know? That 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 MyFace or that Facebook, you know, wherever that, that is. On that goddamn internet. <laughs> on on, on the, the internet, on the Facebook, I think. Isn't that what it's called? The my face or the space on the my face on the my face <laughs> and on that 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 Twitter thing or the Twitter the Twitter yeah but uh yeah anyways hey, ladies, it's, and ladies and what 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 it's it's, it's the face space 
It's and the face space and, and my book. It's the face space. It's the face space and the my book. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're on face space and my book. Go to uh, the search bar up there, the thing that, that has the little magnifying glass. Look for two guys in a balcony radio show and, uh, you know, go to the page. Click like, click share. Uh, if you like what you hear, if you don't like what you hear, whatever, get our, you know, hit that share button. You know, let your friends uh, tune in and, um, you know, listen. Let to them be their own judge. Right? Let them be their own judge. Don't be trying to judge your other friends on what they listen to and don't tell them what to listen to. You let them make their own damn decisions. <laughs> Stop being so selfish. Uh, we're also on Twitter. Um and we've got our own uh, we've got our own merchandise line. Ladies and gentlemen, go to cafepress.com backslash TGIAB, and you will find all kinds of good stuff on there. We've got pajamas. We've got hoodies. We've got T-shirts. And, yes, we even have a onesie on there. So you can get all snugly in two guys in a balcony. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there. I'm actually getting on, uh, if not next week, week after next, and buying me some more. Yeah, I'll actually uh, be getting on probably here in the next couple of days um, because, unfortunately, I still haven't bought my two guys in a balcony pajamas. But since the Christmas season is over, I will have the funds to be able to go and buy me my two guys in a balcony pajamas. My two guys in I will be cool like Brian and like everybody else. Hey, hey those – uh. Dude, like, legitimately, though, those pajamas are, like, very comfortable. I know. You said that, like, every time we've been on the air. You keep telling me that they're comfortable. I believe you. Man, you know, I wear those things to work. I wear them to – I wear <laughs> – I mean, it, obviously, it's a given. you got to wear your pajamas to Walmart. Otherwise, you can't be cool like all the other people at Walmart. Dude, I, I wear those damn things Once everywhere. Once your ass crack is, is showing at Walmart, then you're okay. No, it's not show. I don't show my ass crack at Walmart. I I can't have a line of people wanting my autograph and to touch it and everything. I can't be doing all that. <laughs> Somebody would want to touch your geriatric ass. Well, look Ugh. here, sir. There's somebody out there, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mario, again, if you're listening, please call in. Let me know what you thought of the movie. While we were on break, ladies and gentlemen, I did get a chance to talk to Brian's son, and I was able to actually talk to him because he's seen the movie, and I was actually able to talk to him about some spoilers and get it off my chest. So I feel a little better now because I've been able to talk to somebody other than my wife about it. Um, So he has a whole whole different opinion. Am I getting this right, man? Are you saying that it was more entertaining to talk to someone other than your wife? Is that what I heard? No, 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 no. Oh, that's, no. that's what I thought I because, heard, sir. I thought I heard you put in, opened mouth, insert foot. No, 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 no. Because I love talking to my wife about it, but she has the same opinion as I do. Like I was saying before I was so fucking really interrupted, <laughs> your son has a different opinion on it. He liked it. And he was able to, you know, you know, and we were able to bounce off of each other there for about, you know, a minute while you were out of the room. Because I wanted to make sure you were out of the room so I didn't say any spoilers. Gotcha. But, gotcha. So, 
Yeah, but no, I mean, I love talking to my wife about movies. So sometimes she has more insights than, you know, you do. Well, you know. I'm just kidding, by the way. That's just to make her feel good because I know she's listening. Oh, okay. Well, what's your cover story for when she's like, I heard that? Couch. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you a brief run-through of Dan's day on a a normal, typical Sunday. Dan wakes up, goes to work, comes home from work, takes a quick shower, gets changed, eats dinner, Goes upstairs, grabs his pillow and his blanket, takes it downstairs, puts it on the couch. His wife says, what are you doing? He said, just getting ready for the night, dear. It's show night. (laughs) That's actually about true. (laughs) Dan said, next year, tax time, we're buying a hide-a-bed, damn it. (laughs) We're buying a more comfortable couch. (laughs) Said it was great when I first bought it, but I done wore that bitch down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Anyway, back Um, to the show, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we've kind of covered a Christmas story. I mean, we started out, and then we went geriatric. So now we're going to cover one of Brian's favorites. And then we're going to go, and then we're going to, you know, kind of go off track from that one. So, um, <laughs> without doing your all time favorite, uh, what's your second favorite? Well, you and I had talked about this before, and this, this one actually calls, this one actually has a lot of controversy involved with it, but definitely one of my, 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 one of my second favorite movies. And I say one of because, it's you always got your your number one overall, and then there's yeah. two or three, maybe four, that just kind of compete with one another for multiple reasons of which one you could really call your second. But one of mine is got is definitely Santa Claus the movie, 1985 Santa Claus. Yeah, um, that has Dudley Moore and John Lithgow and David Huddleston. Now. And I, I say it causes a lot of controversy as a Christmas movie because of the simple fact, if you look at the way the movie goes, the first half of the movie is the the beginning of Santa Claus, the start of Santa Claus, where Santa Claus came from, and the second part of it is just a completely different tune to the movie. It's a whole different it, – it's a different speed. It's a different story altogether, and – so it, it confuses a lot of people. Um, I mean, it's, it's a very entertaining movie. It, it's got a lot of, you know, the Christ, the magical Christmas feel to it and everything. And then it gets to the, the second half, and it's just like, well, okay, well, what wrong turn would, did we just take here? You know, so – but that's one of the things that interests me. And that, that's one of the things that I think – one of the things that I think makes the second half of the movie great is that's when John Lithgow is interest, inter, uh, introduced into the movie. And that's when he pops up. The first half of the movie starts off. David Huddleston is uh, just—he's just a regular guy. He's a toy maker. He's—he's a wood carver. And him and his wife are delivering toys to uh, that he's carved out of wood to a whole bunch of kids around you know his area. And they get caught up in a blizzard and they get sucked up into the north into the North Pole and he gets becomes Santa Claus. 
I mean, it, it's cool because the the thing about it, and Dan, I know you remember this movie. Oh yeah, I love this movie. I watch it every year. David David Huddleston gives one of the, and in my opinion, honestly, gives one of the best portrayals of what the image of Santa Claus has always been. The jolly oh, yeah. guy, just all about the kids, and you know, it's. That that's all that matters is getting every kid a Christmas present, you know, and and it even shows, you know, the essence of Christmas and the way things came to be. You know, Santa Claus didn't have a list when it started. Every kid got a present, and you know, he gets the letter from the little girl, and she's like, "Hey, you know, my brother, he's a dick. You know, he, he hurt my cat." And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, his wife's like, "Well, maybe he shouldn't get a present," you know, and he's like, "Wait a minute, all kids get presents." You know, yeah. and then he's like, okay, revelation. You see the light bulb click, and he's like, okay, let's make a list. You know, so, and he's got, you know, his elves are, I mean, the elves are cool as shit, man. It's like, they're not like little little dwarf midgets with pointy ears or nothing like that. They're just, they look like normal-sized people, you know, but only, I mean, they do look smaller, and, you know, obviously, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, the. The thing that makes this movie so great is the first half of the movie because, it, like I said, it, it really truly captures the essence and story of Christmas and Santa Claus. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to completely agree with you on this movie because this is one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite Christmas movies since I watched it as a kid. And I watched it when it first came out. Yes, I am that old. That's why it's, you know, geriatric. <laughs> Guys in a it's geriatric week. It's geriatric <laughs> week. But you mentioned the, the two different storylines in the movie. And we've seen a lot of movies like this. Um, you know, you've got Insidious and, you know, a couple other movies that, you know, the first half is one way and the second half is another. Um, but with this movie, it... It actually has a seamless transition in it, you know, from the one half to the other, from the, you know, the story of Santa Claus to, uh, you know, flashing forward to the 80s and, uh, you know, the the story of Dudley Moore becoming, you know, hooking up with uh, John Lithgow and making toys like that. But there's a seamless transition going from the story of Santa Claus to the story of Patch and BZ, back to the story of Santa Claus. Right. It all rolls into one, and it all makes a seamless, a seamless movie. And they do it in you know an hour and forty five minutes. You know, and they pack so much story and so much essence into this movie that it keeps your attention all the time and keeps you wanting to watch it and kind of brings the spirit of Christmas to you for this movie. Well, and and that's the thing is like there's always something for inspiration in the movie. I mean, you've got like okay, when you look at one of the when you look at the main elf and he may have not been the main guy in charge, but Dudley Moore definitely Dudley Moore is an awesome an amazing actor anyways. And well, amazing 80s actor. He hasn't well, yeah. done a whole lot since, but an amazing '80s actor. But um, he he's he's he played a great person in Patch. I mean, they did a great job, you know, for for casting him as Patch. And 
you know, he's wanting to, he sees, you know, he sees the bigger picture. You know, things are getting bigger. Kids are wanting more. You know, he, he finds a way to, he's an inventor. He's a creator. He yeah. wants to move things up into the next level. And <clears throat> he gets that chance. And unfortunately, things fail. You know, his machine goes, you know, wrong and it messes everything up. Toys break on the kids. And Santa Claus even says, you didn't know. You know, he even gave him the credit and was like, hey, you didn't do this on purpose. I know you didn't do this. It's not your fault. It, it happens. You know, we'll find a way to fix it. But he still was like so beat up about it that he felt like he needed to leave and prove himself to Santa Claus. So, yeah. so he leaves. And unfortunately, he falls into the hands of BZ because, you know, it's the first time he's seen anything like that in the world. And, you know, so he falls into, you know, BZ's fucking claws. And who's played by John Lithgow and an amazing actor, by the way. And I love oh, I yeah. love his his role in this movie. He's just great. I love his role in every movie. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, and he just. He he thinks he's doing good, but because, you know, John Lithgow's character's a bad guy in the movie, he doesn't know. He's going to keep him from it, you know, keep him hidden from, you know, what's really going on, what his intentions really are. So here we are. Patch Adams thinks he's doing the right thing this whole time, trying to impress Santa Claus and trying to prove himself and everything, thinking that he let Santa down. And Santa's thinking about him the whole time. I mean, you know, he makes that hand carving for Joe, and it's a self-portrait of, of Patch. You yeah. know, so, and, and there it is. I mean, it's one and the same. I mean, you still got, and, and that's the thing about this movie is even though it takes a crazy 90 degree turn, it takes, a, I won't even say 90, I'll say 180 degrees. I mean, this thing just went completely backwards from what it was doing in the very beginning of the first half. But even though it went completely off what the first half was, it still had those those moments of the first half in the second half, you know what I mean? Which, which kept it all together. And I think it made it combined together really, really well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like I said earlier, it does, it has that seamless transition that a lot of movies today don't have. It does, you know, I mean, hell Gandalf even was in this movie. Yeah. You know, did did you see you I know uh when did you was you able to watch it this year yet? I I haven't had a chance. I'll probably watch it actually tomorrow. The guy Oh shit. I can't remember who it was that played him. Um I want to say it was Burgess Meredith. That played him in this movie. You're talking but about he, the, the really ancient elf. Yes. The one that the comes one in and makes long... him. Yes. The yes. one that names him Santa Claus. He's like, and so yes. on and so forth, you will be Santa Claus. Yeah, that is Burgess <laughs> Meredith. Was it? Okay. I, I, was, yes. I wanted to make sure. I was like, wait a minute. I think it was him. But he comes, you know, I mean, it's so funny though because I, I made my kids laugh because they didn't see it they'd never seen it before and we watched it last night but the, they'd seen it for the first time and, you know my kids loved it and of course my son he's a big Harry Potter fan he likes he loves Lord of the Rings and everything and I'm like hey it's Gandalf and of course he starts laughing and I'm like no I'm just playing that's actually Dumbledore and he's like what and he got so confused for a minute I'm like no it's neither one and I'm like it's neither one it's all right but 
But this movie is just phenomenal, man. I mean, and like I said, I go back to what I said earlier is, you know, David Huddleston really captured he, he really brought out the 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 everything that Santa Claus has ever been made to believe be believed about he brings into that character. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. he, he, he he really plays I mean the role of Santa Claus phenomenally and he's one of the best Santa Claus one of the best actors to portray Santa Claus that I've seen you know, in, in a long time. Well, see, and, and I'm, I'm glad you agree with, I'm, I'm really glad you agree with me on that because there are a lot of people that would disagree with me because when they go and they see these movies or something like that, they look, you know, I talk about Santa Claus, the movie, they think the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, you know, right. or they think, you know, they think of another Santa Claus movie with somebody else where there's some kind of a comical aspect to it or, you know, some kind of, you know, sad moment or, or anything like that. And there's there's really nothing sad or funny or anything like that about his care as, as Santa Claus in this movie. He's just Santa Claus. You know, it's like, the like I said, it's like the perfect portrayal of what Santa Claus, the image of Santa Claus has led to be believed over so many centuries. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, even from the very first writing uh, or, or the very first publication of Twas the Night Before Christmas, because that's how we got the the um, the modern day version of what Santa Claus looks like. Uh, ever since right. that, ever since that poem was published and that book was published, it was published as a poem first. Um, but ever since that book was published, he has done the best portrayal like you said the best portrayal of what the essence and the meaning of Santa Claus really is because even though Patch does all this all these things unintentionally that are not necessarily in the spirit of Santa Claus Santa Claus is like okay yeah you messed up you know you messed up but I'm not going to punish you you're one of mine your family, you know, and I forgive you, and I still love you, and I want you back, you know, and that right there is the essence of Santa Claus, and that right there is the essence of this entire season, right, and it's all wrapped up in one character, and it's all done phenomenally by David David Huddleston. And, and that's and, and see all that right there and what you just said, you know, and everything like that is a reason that in in my eyes, this is one of the best Christmas movies of all time. Now, granted, it's not a very popular movie. You know, its rating continues to drop every year because of all these other m- movies with Santa Claus and comedy has taken over. I mean, let's be serious. You already know comedy has taken over. If it's not funny, it doesn't sell. If it, yeah, unless nobody it's wants nobody wants a dramatic telling of the tale of Santa Claus. They all right. want it to be funny. They all but want if, yeah. But if you go in and you watch this movie, 
it gives you a whole new view on the whole beginning of Santa. It's like, you know, I remember reading in school, Santa Claus, it started, was a guy that went around and just gave people, one day out of the year was giving kids just gifts. Just giving them yeah, stuff. Yeah, St. Nicholas. And Right. And then all of a sudden they make a poem about him and, you know, they give him the name and this and this. And, this. and that's how this story starts off. It's a guy that's going around as a wood carver giving kids wood carvings that he does throughout the year because he's happy to do it. He's just happy. And he it just makes wants him to happy make, to see the joy. Yeah, he on just wants to he wants to make kids happy. And exactly. and they know this and that's his heart and his his goodwill is what draws the attention and they bring him to the North Pole and they make him Santa Claus because of that image. And then, you know, while he's in the North Pole and he's doing his thing after a few decades, or I think it's like a couple centuries or whatever, the uh, then the elf, the you know, one of the head elves comes up and he's like, hey, you know, there's a poem here. And he's reading the poem. And it, what cracks me up, though, is the part where he's like at the end where he's like and he laughs, you know, his bowl, you know, he's talking about his belly being like a bowl <laughs> full of jelly. And he's like, what? And he got like real defensive about it. And he's like, do I look that bad? And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's the cookies. You know, and the very next scene, the very next scene, he's sitting there frustrated at his kitchen. You can tell he's at he's at the kitchen table, and he's frustrated, and he's got like two sticks of a carrot. He's got like two (laughs) carrot sticks, and he's got like two celery sticks there. He's just like huffing and puffing, and then he just takes a bite of the celery, and you can hear it crunch, and he's just he's just huffing, and you can hear the front. You can just see the frustration, and it's so funny because it's like Santa Claus. And vegetables, it just it's, it's, it's unheard <laughs> of, you know. No. But it, it's so funny because he got we didn't care for the so for the reindeer, not for Santa Claus. Right, he got so frustrated over that. He got so defensive over that poem. He was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but and and that right there, that's like the one moment you catch of him in this movie. That's that's just comedy. Outside yeah. of that. It's all serious, but even then, it's just like, okay, maybe I'm getting fat, and I need to be a little bit healthier, you know, but, you know, um, one of the other things that, and we didn't actually mention this, was Christian Fitzpatrick, The he's the kid that played Joe, the homeless boy, in the movie. Yeah, we, did, yeah, we didn't get the, the story between uh, Joe and Cornelia. Right. And and that was one of the things. Well, we we did get a little bit of it. Um, homeless kid, you know, he's out and about, and he just happens to find that window, and he's just looking, and he sees them. You know, she she sees him out the window, and he's watching her and sees them eating. She's like, hey, you know, Christmas time. I'm a I'm a kind hearted person. She puts a plate of food out for him, which was cool. And a can of Coca Cola. Good right, marketplace. And, which this this movie actually had a lot of product placement in it. Oh, this yeah. movie oh, had yeah. a. This was bad product placement. Like, oh, no, it was wonderful with, product placement. What are you talking well, about? I, I'm Get saying it was coke. bad with. I'm saying it was bad with product placement. I mean, it was everywhere. But. Yeah. So. But they did well. They did, and. You know, she gives him she gives him the food and everything, and you know he's like a stray animal. He just keeps coming back after that. You feed it, and it keeps coming back. What'd your mom <laughs> say back when you was a kid, Dan? 
Don't feed don't the stray feed. animals. They won't stop. Although killing. that plate of food, I'm not gonna lie. Even to this day, even to this day, that plate of food <laughs> looks phenomenal. That's a, yes, yes, it did. <laughs> and but you know, and they turn out to be friends. I mean, you know, one random act of kindness, she ended up getting a friend out of it. Here's the one thing that bothered me about this movie. At the end of the movie. Santa Claus has to pick up. He gets a letter from Cornelia, the little girl that feeds the homeless boy, Joe, saying that Joe had been kidnapped and taken by her uncle, which happens to be BZ. And so Santa Claus in the middle, you know, it's it's like, what, January, I think? Yeah, January. And he gets a letter from her, so he shows up, and they go to rescue him and Patch. And Patch and them had decided to go, hey, we're going to go back to the North Pole. Well... They get to the North Pole after a series of events, and Cornelia's like, can I just stay here with you, and you can take me back to New Year? You can take me back Christmas Eve next year. So, when did Santa Claus start kidnapping? <laughs> well, okay. Not only is that, it, is it, and I brought this... This isn't kidnapping, oh, no. this is rescuing. You're, you're going to... You're going to love this. You're going to love this because I brought this up to the old lady last night and I asked her, do you think that Santa Claus has forever ruined this girl's life? Because, okay, Joe's homeless, so no one gives a shit about him, right? But this girl obviously has somebody looking after her. Now, if she goes up missing for almost an entire year and then she comes back, he has officially ruined her life because not only did he pretty much hold her at the North Pole for a year, almost. But she's going to go back, and everybody's going to want to know where she's been. She's going to continuously say the North Pole. She's going to get committed. <laughs> this girl's life has been ruined because of Santa's selfish ass. Well, no, so, because, no because in the end, Santa actually does the big quote-unquote reveal, and, you know, BZ actually turns out to be good, and you know, Santa Claus changes his heart, and you know it's it's again it's the holiday redemption. <laughs> so you know, I mean, everybody believes her after that. So no, she doesn't get committed. But can you imagine what it'd be like living with Santa Claus for almost a year, being in eternal Christmas? I want to know how. I want to know that how much would that drive guy me sleeps. insane. You know, that that is actually uh, weird. That would drive me crazy. I don't think I could do it. Well, did you see the routine of the elves on the daily routine in that movie, too? Yeah. I mean, but that's that's their life, and that's Santa Claus's life, and that's what they live for. But us mere mortals, you know, I mean, Santa, fucking Christmas. I, okay, I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong. I love the holiday season. It goes from the day before Thanksgiving to right after New Year's. And then everything Christmas goes away. Period. Gone. But to live an eternal Christmas would probably make me hate the entire season. Because I am completely yeah. and totally immersed in it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. But no. I... um. You know, out of out of sh- for shits and giggles last night, I looked it up because 
we were, you know, obviously every year comes up the debate of how does Santa Claus deliver all the presents to all the girls and boys around the entire world in Magic. 24 hours. Magic. Well, no. I, I understand magic, but you already know how people are going to go. They're going to go look at the scientific Time aspect zones. of it. Time zones, faster than light travel. Speed, <laughs> Mr. Sulu. And actually, listen, one of them, actually, one of the scientific uh, aspects of it was actually they, they found this to be a more realistic scenario relativity clouds. Relativity okay. clouds, based on relative physics, allow Santa to stretch time like a rubber band to give him months to deliver gifts while only a few minutes pass for the rest of us. I can see that. It's kind of like it's kind of like the reverse uh, singularity effect. Right. Whereas but the closer um, you get to singularity, the faster time passes, or the slower time passes for you. While it passes faster for everybody else, it's like the reverse singularity effect. As you get right. closer, time slows down for you, or you know, time slows down for everybody else, but speeds up for you. It's like putting the Earth in 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 a black hole for say twelve hours. Well, and I, I went on to reading about it, and it was actually kind of interesting how they broke it down. They looked at it. I mean, they went into the actual science of this shit. Who knew this? Scientists actually got into sciencey stuff. But uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, but, two science guys in a balcony now. <laughs> but they broke it down. They looked at. It, they said around there's around 200 million children spread over 200 million square miles. They said that because each household has approximately 2.67 children, there are about 75 million homes to visit, and the average distance between homes is 1.63 miles. Santa needs to cover 122 million miles. Period. Right. Uh-huh. To cover that distance in 24 hours on Christmas, which I think that's a typo because it should be Christmas Eve, Mr. Right. Uh, Mr. Claus and his sleigh would need to travel at an average speed of 5,083,000 miles per hour. Now, they argue that it is possible because it's um, actually traveling. That is actually traveling 130 times slower than the speed of light. Yeah. So it is actually possible, and it's not. Well, they say that it's. it's they say it's something that's that's. It's able to, you know, not. It's not difficult. It, it's not. It's difficult, but it's not impossible for him right. to travel well, that you know, fast. As, as you know, you know, as Einstein explained, as you get closer to reaching the speed of light, um, you know. Time slows down for you, but accelerates for everybody else. Right. You well, know, there's also the other. They also came up with another theory that uh, <clears throat> Santa and his elves have a total of 750 sleighs, and at that rate, right there of 750 sleighs, each sleigh would have to travel at a speed of approximately 80 miles per hour to uh, be able to complete the gift delivering within the. A lot of time. I'm just going to go with magic. Magic is science <laughs> that we haven't explained yet. It's magic. I'm going to go. I'm. I'm. A, I was going to say I'm going to go with the simple answer that it's David Huddleston, the best Santa Claus ever, and uh, you know they find a way to do it. He. He. You know. But in, in all honesty, to finish up with this one, so we can get on to a couple other movies here. Um, 
my honest opinion, David Huddleston is the best Santa Claus in any Santa Claus movie ever. And that's his attitude, his demeanor, his 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 persona of him, you know, the way that he projects himself as just that happy, just pleasant, you know, not very overly active. He's just a guy. You know, he's just a guy that got given an opportunity to do what he loves to do and he's just very humble about it. Yeah. And and that in my eyes is what makes him the greatest Santa Claus in any movie ever. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Of course, then again, John Lithgow also plays one of the greatest bad guys in any movie ever, so well, I mean, of course. But anyways, so, so Dan, right. um, yeah, we so, kind of drew that one out, I know, but um, we did. You know, that's that, all right. That we one really to talk about it, right? And and but I really like this movie. I mean, it, it really is one of my favorites. And to be able to watch it with my kids last night, and you know, everything for the first time ever, they'd never seen it. You know, they liked it a lot, and I was glad they liked it too. So, you know, it's it, it it really actually made me very happy. Awesome. Well, before we get into my next one, um, I want to bring somebody on the line. And no, no, I'm just playing. Yeah. Well, I'm just you. playing. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> um, I want to bring somebody on the line to find out what their all-time absolute favorite Christmas movie is. I know the answer. You know the answer. The rest of our listening audience knows the answer. Hey, speaking but of, want- speaking of. I have a question for one of our callers. We actually have another caller that just popped up on the line about a minute ago. Stay with us. Do not hang up. We will be with you shortly. Okay. And, Dan, you, you know what question I'm talking about. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. I'm going to bring this caller on first, and then we'll get to our next caller. Hello. Are you there? Hello. I am hello, here. Hello. 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 Why, hello? <coughs> that was my really Merry bad Christmas. echo. What'd you think? <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah, thank you. So, You're welcome. Before we get into your Christmas movie, because that doesn't really matter right this very moment, because there's a question at hand. I've been waiting for two weeks for an answer now. Okay. Did you have a chance to watch It's a Wonderful Life yet? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we actually went and bought it. Fuck yes. What'd you think? Okay, so I will give it to you that it has a lot more meaning now, and I enjoyed it more now as an adult. But it was still kind of hard to sit through. I mean, it's still kind of boring to sit through. <laughs> but <laughs> but I did enjoy it more. Like I would watch it again. Awesome. That's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear that you liked it because you know it's one of those movies. I don't know. It's it's one of those ones that tends to grow on you as the years go by. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would watch it once a year. And see, that's that's all that I that's all that I do. I mean, well, I've watched it a couple times throughout the year, a couple of different years, and stuff like that. But mostly, it's a Christmas movie for me. I watch it Christmas time, maybe twice, and that's it. But I I I, I thank you for for going into it and, and giving it a second chance and and watching it as an adult, you know, and and trying not to be biased towards what you had seen from the past. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you liked it. I'm glad to hear that you liked it. I'm I'm glad we watched it. So, yeah. 
Now, now I want to know what's what's one of your favorite Christmas movies. My all-time very favorite Christmas movie. I watch it at least once a year, if not more. Is White Christmas. A very good movie, actually. I seen that um, earlier today. It was a diamond. What was it? A diamond special edition or diamond anniversary edition? Something I don't remember. But we were gonna actually. I was. I did not pick it up. I was going to, but we already have it here at the house. And uh, but yeah, it's it's one of the best movies to watch during Christmas. I love it, and the kids love it. They they watch it with me. So. I mean, the fact that I can get my 15-year-old to sit through, you know, Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye in a musical once a year, it it makes me happy. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I do. Dan got really quiet. (laughs) Dan got quiet, too. Sorry, I had my daughter come up and give me a kiss. Oh, well, that's excusable. Thank you. You're, you're welcome, sir. I'll, I'll allow it this one time. Okay. And every other time she comes <laughs> up to give me a kiss because, I mean, I'm sorry. She's a little more important than you are. That's right. That's right. She is. She's a little bit more adorable than me, too. Hey, <laughs> she's way more adorable, way more cuddly. She is pretty cute. Yeah. Yeah, she is. So, um, anyways, Dan, I, I'm guessing yeah. that you, you don't like – this is something I don't think we've really ever truly discussed. You're not a big fan of It's a Wonderful Life, are you? It's not one of my favorites. It's definitely better than being mooned by an elf. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it is something I'd be willing to watch once a year around this time. During the holiday season, I would watch it because of the message it gives and the story that it portrays and the hope that it has. Um, It is a story about redemption. It is a story about hope, and it's a story about love and caring. And the the true meaning and the true essence of the holiday spirit. Um, Now, to watch it for pure enjoyment, probably not. Um, it does my attention does seem to waver a little bit during you know the longer parts in it um, but it's not a horrible movie I won't say it's one of my favorites but I'd be willing to watch it once a year hell yeah he says the same like. thing about White Christmas so <laughs> well and, and I agree with him on White Christmas my biggest thing is Bing Crosby can sing but I'm not a big fan of his acting. See, I'm, 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 go ahead. I will say I'm I'm actually the same way. He has an amazing, amazing singing voice. I love his Christmas albums, um, and I love the story of White Christmas. I'm just not a big fan of his acting. Um, I do like Danny Kaye. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Danny Kaye has a phenomenal voice, and he's a good actor. I'm not going to say he's phenomenal, but he's a good actor. He's better than uh, Bing Crosby. But um, this is actually one of the better movies that Bing Crosby has acted in. So uh, White Christmas, 
is an enjoyable movie to watch once a year because again it's it's all about the holiday spirit and giving of yourself and you know giving to make somebody else feel happy um but to watch it over and over again throughout the year or to watch it more than once a year um i'm a, i'm good with that i'm good with watching it once a year i couldn't do it more than once a year you know I love Bing Crosby. I, I love his voice. But Danny Kaye is really one of the main reasons why I love that movie so much. And I watched him in, in other movies. I, I just love Danny Kaye. Yeah, he's a he's a good actor for the time period. He was funny. He had really great presence. I mean, he's yeah, he's he's he was my main reason for falling in love with that movie. And I agree with you in this movie. Um, I haven't really seen him in anything else, but he did have a good screen presence in this movie. He did bring a lot of life to this movie. I agree with you there. Um, I really do. Uh, did you know, actually, that he uh, he actually collected two salaries for this for this job? I did not. Yeah, he actually he got a... Full, uh, he got a full paycheck for himself, and then he got a one-quarter paycheck for his ears alone. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. They were actually going to cast him for Dumbo. They were going to cast him for Dumbo, but they said his nose wasn't quite big enough. That's not nice. <laughs> but it's it was funny. close. It was close, but it wasn't quite big enough. But we're uh, running low on time. Um, again, this is only a two-hour show tonight. We're going to cut it short so that our listeners can enjoy time with their family and then so that Brian and I can uh, spend time with our family. Um, so, unfortunately, babe, we're going to have to cut you short tonight. Well, you guys have a Merry Christmas, and thank you for letting me uh, come share my favorite movie. Absolutely. Same to you. Have a good Christmas, and thanks for watching that movie. You're welcome. Love you, babe. Love you. (laughs) All right. Brian, do you want to bring on the next caller? Let's bring on the next caller. Hello, you're live. Two guys in a balcony. We're geriatric, we're old, and we make fun of people. So how are you doing tonight? Not bad. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> now, is this uh, our uh, long-time listener, first-time caller? Uh, no, I've called three or four times. Uh, uh, but uh, I was just – the lady that just called, I was wondering if uh, she thought the best things happened when you dance and uh, – then uh, she was talking about White Christmas, I think she said, was her favorite. But uh, that's the song that made that uh, – the movie that made that song really popular. But it was actually from an earlier movie called Holiday Inn was the first time he done it in a movie. And uh, Holiday Inn was pretty good, too. But uh, being done it in Holiday Inn, then it was a big – a big hit, so then they made the movie White Christmas after that. Which a lot of people have never heard of Holiday Inn, but that was a pretty big big one for him, too. 
And I heard Dan talking about he'd never seen uh, Danny Kay in anything but that. And if he wants to see how funny Danny Kay really is, he needs to watch the Inspector General and Court Jester, and he will be falling off his chair. Because Danny Kay comedy stuff is just, and the Inspector General, he's hilarious. And Court Jester, it's about, after about three minutes into the movie, you pretty much laugh the rest of it. Well, I'm definitely going to have to check those out. But those are two real good movies of Danny Kay. And he's got a lot more. He just, he was in the time he got known for those two, and then White Christmas, and after that, that's pretty much what he got known for. But he made quite a few different movies, and some of them just wasn't as big as, you know, of course, White Christmas. That was probably his biggest one. But he uh, he, he made some pretty good stuff. But uh, we, he's talking about, uh, I can't remember what your uh, movies were. It was uh, Christmas Story, and uh, what was your other one? Santa Claus uh, movie. Uh... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Brian. Uh, oh, no, you're good. Are you Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yeah, it was Santa Claus the movie. No, oh, that was Dan's other one from Santa Claus and Christmas Story? Yeah, we, we had no, talked my... about those two. Yeah, Santa okay, Claus the movie well, was one of Brian's, and Christmas Story is one of mine. Yeah. Uh, now, Christmas Story, I, I like that one so much because... It's told an adult's telling it, but he's telling it from when he was a kid and goes through all the all the stuff. And and the the part everybody likes the part where he actually hits himself in the eye when he's out with the gun. But my favorite part is when the the turkey gets destroyed by the neighbor's dog. And then then they go to the Chinese restaurant and they got the duck. And she goes, it's looking at me, and all of a sudden, chop, <laughs> just chop the head off, and they're like, <laughs> and I mean, it, you know, that the whole family about loses it, <laughs> but that part where they chop the head off, and then when the, the guys are trying to sing, and you can't understand their words hardly, it's hilarious, too. That's about all you get out of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those Christmas classics, um, and we talked about it a little bit last week. But it's one of those Christmas classics that, that you can watch over and over again, and no matter how many times you've seen it, and it stays on the TV in my house yeah. from 8 o'clock Christmas Eve to 8 o'clock um, Christmas night. Uh, and he... Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those movies that you can just continuously watch, and you're catching something new every time, and it's it's just hilarious. Now, in our house on Christmas Eve, what movie did you have to watch every year, Brian, on Christmas Eve? Oh, well, I remember It's a Wonderful Life. Yep, that's that's, that's the one I made the kids watch every year. That's that's what I was telling Dan. You know, I've I've grew up watching it. I grew up hating it, and then as I got older, I watched it and I fell in love with it. So it's become a tradition in my house. 
Yeah, it's that's one uh I I'm uh gone right now, but when I get home later I'm gonna watch that one. I started watching it last night but I don't want my fall asleep halfway through the movie. <laughs> now I didn't, didn't make it all the way through. Now I would like to uh I, I would like to uh say good job on that, good call on that uh moment earlier when you were talking about the song White Christmas being performed in Holiday Inn uh, 12 years prior to the White Christmas movie. Because when you said it, of course, naturally, you know, whenever somebody comes on and they talk about something, Dan or I or both of us are looking it up immediately. We're on top of it to make sure that you know what the hell you're talking about. And you, sir, actually called it. You actually know what the hell you're talking about. So good job to that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I bought a movie or two in my life. I have a few at the house. Oh, just a few? Well, we'll just say back in the day when the kids were young, I used to have over over 2,000 VHS tapes, and about 100 of them were original, and all the rest had at least three to four movies on each one. So I had a few movies in the house. Wow, you sound like me, sir. I've got quite a collection of uh, DVD and Blu-ray with a few batterings of VHS in there. D, I have no VHS. I gave all them away because I couldn't find a player for them. And one of my daughters has all my Disney. And DVDs I've probably got about 300 of or four maybe. Yeah, I've kept the, the, the VHS that I kept are, um, are the Star Wars, of course. Um, every Star Wars that's ever been released on VHS I have and every incarnation – of VHS I have and I've got the original Star Trek movies on VHS and I will keep those now I've got the original Star Trek but I've got them on DVD those are ones when they came out on VHS when they first came out I didn't get them and once they pulled them I never found them again in the set but I've got I've got all the Star Trek and I've got all the even the new ones, and I've got all of the Star Trek Next Generation movies, too. Yes, yes. Yeah. Every Star Trek and Star Wars movie that was ever released on VHS, I currently own. And I haven't I haven't seen the newest Star Wars yet. Now, my grandson told me it's out of this. He said it's great because it goes back to uh, after uh, A New Awakening instead of Rogue One, which was they shouldn't even have made it. Just it had it had nothing to do with the story. I mean, it if if they wouldn't have made that one, they wouldn't have lost anything because half the people that went to see it at the theater didn't really care for it. So <laughs> I don't think they would have been missing out by not making it. No, not at all. But that's one when it gets down real low. I'll, end up buying just because it's part of the set now if I'll actually watch it again maybe once or twice maybe but I'm waiting to see the newest The Last Jedi because I heard it's really good and it goes back to the story and everything and it's uh, Brendan said it was real good well um, with all due respect sir and um, I actually did talk to uh, Brendan a little bit while we were on break last time um I have a very different viewpoint on it um, because I'm, I'm an old school Star Trek uh, or old school Star Wars. I'm sorry. Um, okay, 
we're talking Star oh, Trek and Star Wars. And, uh, <laughs> I love I love both franchises. Um, but I'm an old school Star Wars, and uh, this will be my first official opinion on it. Um, I actually thought the movie was crap. Yeah, I won't are go you talking about the, the newest one? Yes, The Last Jedi. I actually went and saw that last night with the wife. Um, okay. I won't go into any details as to why I thought of it because I don't want to give any spoilers <laughs> away. Um, but I will say when you do watch it, um, try to go in with an open mind. I don't want you to be... Uh, disappointed from one review, and I don't want you to be. Um, well, I don't want you yeah. to be disappointed from either review. So, okay. Uh, I don't want you to go in with my viewpoint or with uh, Brendan's viewpoint. Well, as far now, this is away from Christmas movies, but I heard the other day I was on the internet that they're going to be redoing one of mine and my son their favorite movies, and if they do, I just. I, if I was uh, the the original maker of it, I would probably just shoot them in the head. They, I heard they're redoing the Godfather series. And, oh God! If they, if they redo uh, the Godfather I'm, series, I'm boycotting Hollywood. I'm I'm sorry, but you just those are three movies you cannot touch. I'm sorry, they're just. I don't care if you got the best actors out there now or the best of all time, you're not going to redo those movies with somebody else and make it work, period. It just it ain't going to happen. No, that's on, the, that's on the list of do not touch whatsoever, ever, in any way, shape, or form, ever. Do not remake, yeah. do not remaster, do not do a sequel, do not do a prequel. Do well, not touch well, that trilogy, and that, and that's ever. like that's like the character Sonny, which was done by one of my favorites, James Caan. Oh, yeah. when, when when he got blasted there, that just, I mean, he he probably had more lead in him than some of these ships that are on the ocean now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is true. This is true. But color uh, was back, definitely back to Christmas stuff, though. Yeah, I. I, the reason uh, I heard you, I think he was the one talking a while ago about It's a Wonderful Life, and, you know, it's not one of your favorites and everything, but the reason the reason I always liked it, well, I was a, when I was growing up, I'm, I'm a little older than you guys, and Jimmy Stewart was always one of my favorite actors, and uh, I, I liked uh, the characters he always played because he always had, you know, decent characters, and he made you believe the part and stuff. And that's why I liked him in It's a Wonderful Life, because of the story itself. You know, it's about this guy that had, you know, given for everybody else his whole life, and then he just finally got to the point he was just ready to, you know, chuck it all. And then he's seen what his life would have been like, you know, if he would have never been, you know, the people that wouldn't be there and everything and what would have happened. And then he changes, you know, and that's why I like it because of the story that's behind it. And I can see it, and that's and that's um, that's the reason why I would watch it, you know, once a year, especially around this time, um, is because of the story that's behind it, because of the the meaning behind uh, the the actual story 
of uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, if you take it out of its time period and you look at it through, you know, different eyes and you don't look at the movie as a period movie and you look at the movie as a story, uh, it it does make it a little different. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, I mean, the, time, the time period does have a lot to do with it, yeah, because – there, there's parts like back during the depression and uh, the war and everything, and that sort of puts it in that one spot, you know, where you can't really switch it because of those two two spots there. But yeah, I I can see if you were looking at like something from today's aspect, you know, it wouldn't have much to do with today and everything. I mean, it because people more or less today just let things slide and don't really. You know, worry about it, but well, I mean, it, pro- and and this is one of the things that Brian and I discussed about the movie uh, last week. It is uh, somewhat relatable to, uh, I would say, um, probably like mine and Brian's generation, because we do still hold on to some of the values that we have from our parents and some of those um, aspects that we had that you know our parents had. Um, yeah, and we can relate to you know hitting rock bottom and and you know wanting to be able to provide the life for our family no matter what the cost is to us. So yeah, well, Brian, it, Brian, Brian can tell you about some times where we was at rock bottom when the gas got turned off and stuff, and you wanted to keep warm, you farted to keep yourself warm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brian and I have had have had long conversations about about a lot of things. Um, that's that's one of the reasons why him and I are so close. Um, but there are certain aspects of the movie that are relatable over over generations. Um, yeah, and that's what makes it, and that's what makes it able to be watched and even enjoyable in some aspects um, because you can relate to Jimmy Stewart's character on some certain levels. Yeah. So. Well, guys, I'm going to get off here. I've got a, you got a few things I got to do, but you all have a good holiday and uh, I, uh, well, if I've got time, I will call in next week, and you all have a good one. Well, well thanks for calling in. Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say thanks for calling in and uh, giving us your insight. But you all have a, a Merry Christmas, and I will talk at you later. Merry Christmas, caller. Thank you for calling in. Okay, bye-bye. Well, he actually um, had a lot to say about It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, he did. Yes, Which, he did. I mean, we have found out over the past month is, you know, your all-time favorite Christmas movie. Yes. Now, we've got a few minutes. Let's talk about your all-time favorite Christmas movie. Okay. My all-time favorite Christmas movie. 
number one on my list, the one that I watch regardless every year, is I know it's a comedy, but it's 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 got those relatable times for you, and it's it's just one of the best Christmas movies out there. Um, of course, I'm talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. This is my all-time favorite live-action Christmas movie. I absolutely love this movie. Um, it focuses on um, the Griswold family, and in you know, in particular, Clark Griswold, who is trying to give his family the best Christmas ever. Um, he's got his in-laws coming in. He's got his parents coming in. He has his cousin that shows up out of the blue, and <laughs> and we can relate. All of us can relate to, if not, I mean, all of us can relate to at least one of those relatives. We all have at least one of those relatives in our family, if not multiple relatives. And that's why. No. I- <laughs> Yes. I'm going to go with yes on this one. Um, and that's why I love this movie so much. And that's why it is my favorite. Um, Dan. Yes, sir. I just want to say, I just want to say, sir, you are my cousin, Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) Eddie says nothing. It's quiet. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, listening to Two Geriatric Guys in a Balcony. Brian will be um, leaving the show right now so I can finish my you know, take on um, National Anthem Christmas thing. I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. Go ahead, bub. <laughs> You're lucky I didn't fucking mute you, asshole. I love you. You got me cussing on Christmas Eve. You're my ki- Go on, Eddie. Finish what you were saying. <laughs> I actually relate more to Clark. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> this movie is relatable. You know, we've all, all of us adults, all of us dads, have been Clark Griswold at some point in our adulthood. We've all been that that father that wants everything to be absolutely perfect. And nothing is going right until the very end. And that's why I love this movie. And I know we're getting a little short on time. Um, so I want to say my absolute favorite part in this movie. When Clark is trying to figure out why the lights aren't working. <laughs> you, know, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> and he's standing there. And he's got the two plugs in his hand. And in slow motion he's going... And he's getting ready to to connect them. And, and his wife, um, played by the wonderful Beverly D'Angelo, his wife, Ellen, figures out what is going on and goes into the basement and flips on the light switch just as he, you know, hits, you know, plugs the light, plugs the extension cords in, and the whole house lights up. And, you know, you've got Hallelujah playing in the back. And you see his 
face go from sheer anger to sheer enjoyment in very slow motion. You know, <laughs> and it is just a perfect moment in the movie. It is the <laughs> most perfect moment in this movie. Um, <laughs> and in, I really have to disagree with D May last week because she said. You know, that any movie with Chevy Chase in it is bad. She didn't like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. But I have to say that there is not a single actor out there that could have pulled that particular part off as well as he did. No. Hands down. I, I agree. You feel the emotion. You feel it. Physically feel it. Because you feel his anger, because you know what's going on. And then when he hits those two extension cords together and everything lights up, you feel his excitement. And it is just the most beautiful sight in the world to see the entire house lit up. And to see him standing there, and he's got the tears in his eyes. And he's hugging all of his relatives. And then, of course, he gets to Cousin Eddie, and hilarity ensues. But that right there is the perfect moment. That right there is when the whole movie turns around. And it's, it's, it's just a phenomenal movie. It's got comedy in it. It's got drama. It's got emotion. It's got love. It's got hate. And then it's got love again. And... It does have redemption because at the end you have the the asshole boss who gave nobody a raise, you know, or a Christmas bonus, and he realizes that he did wrong by his employees all because of Clark Griswold. And you know, then you know his heart grew three sizes and blah blah blah, and then he gives everybody you know the Christmas bonus. So this movie has. Everything that the Christmas season is all about. It's got all of it mixed in. It's got the family. It's got redemption. It's got the joy of giving and the love and the hope and, you know, finding the perfect gift, receiving the perfect gift, finding the perfect tree. It is, for me, it is the ultimate essence of Christmas. In a live action film. And I absolutely love it. Well, I agree with you on the nobody could cast Chevy Chase. Nobody could have taken Chevy Chase's part in this movie. I mean, it was just he's a he's a he's an amazing actor that brings out the best in his role no matter what it is he's playing and look at look at him in Caddyshack. You know what I mean? Oh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. But nothing Nobody brings out the family man in a dysfunctional family the way Chevy Chase does in the in the vacation movies. It just it, it the guy's just he's there's something he he just brings that special it, it's like he's it's like they took a middle class working man with a family that struggles and put him on that role and said here you go give us a real depiction of what it's like, you know, yeah. and, and, and that's exactly what Chevy Chase delivers 
in any of the vacation movies. But Christmas Vacation, I agree with you. It is definitely one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. And, dude, it's, it is hilarious. And that scene right there, it really is. It's, it's one of the most it, – it is like the greatest scene of the movie. I agree with you. You know, the, the whole slow motion, it, <laughs> it, I'm actually watching it in my head as I'm talking. That's why I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. I'm like, wow, that's funny. But I actually caught it, really, it on TV right before, our, uh, right before we went live. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's like ingrained in my brain. It's been one of my favorite scenes ever, but I caught it um, right before uh, I came in to sign on. And I was like, yes. I had I had, nice. I had to see that um, had to see that scene right before I signed into the studio tonight and I mean it's it's hell yeah I don't blame you you got it, it, it when it's right in your head like that you gotta mention it you know you gotta say it so it's, oh, yeah. dude that's awesome but well Dan yes. Sorry we didn't talk about Christmas Vacation as much as I know you wanted to and I wanted to this week. So guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Next week is our year-end review where we will be discussed. Dan and I are going to sit back and bullshit, and we're going to talk about the good old days of three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight months ago. We're going to talk – we're not, not about every single week, but we're going to hit up some of our favorite moments in the show of the year – you know, this has been our first year. We have not completed a full year yet, so don't get excited. But, um, you know, this is our first year on the radio doing this. And uh, so we're going to be taking a stroll down our last, our first few months of doing this shit. And we're going to basically just laugh at our fuckery. So yeah, um, there's a possibility we might be hearing from some of our old guests that we've had on the show. Um, so we might hear from some of them and... Uh, We'll be sitting here discussing everything, but because of the fact Dan didn't know this part, I'm throwing this in here. I'm adding to it. Hope you don't mind. But um, since we didn't get to talk as much about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, you guys need to watch this movie. Check it out and get brushed up on it because we're going to talk a little bit about it next week as well so that we can make sure that we give this movie some credit because we did spend a lot of time on some other movies, and this one needs just as much. Yeah, so absolutely. If you I don't agree. mind – if you don't mind, I would like to talk about this a little bit next Absolutely. week as well. Absolutely. But uh, like I said, Look, definitely we're going to be – oh, go ahead. I was going to say next week we don't have any like nailed-down movie that we're going to talk about. You know, it's our year in review. We're going to be talking about you know, everything that we've done since February 12th. Um, and like Brian said, we're going to be uh, critiquing some of our old stuff. Um, and, you know, just talking, reminiscing about the good old days. Um, so you definitely <laughs> want to check us out next week. <laughs> um, and we would love to hear from all of our callers, all of our listeners, um, and tell us what you think, uh, you know, what you've thought of the radio show over the past 10 months. Um, our tell progression. Us some of your favorite parts. Yes. Have exactly. we improved? Are, have we improved? Or do we still suck as bad as when we first started? Because <laughs> Cousin Eddie and I would like to know. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but, but no, in all honesty, though, we, we want to hear from everybody. 
Yeah, so, next week you know, we hopefully, honestly want to hear your opinion. Right, and hopefully we will have our uh, – hopefully we'll have you know some of our previous guests be able to call in. I know it's uh, New Year's Eve and all, so we'll be on here doing our thing for, for a couple hours. And uh, undecided yet whether we're doing two or three. We haven't really nailed that part down yet, but um, – We'll be here, hopefully, like I said, with some of our previous guests and uh, hoping to hear from some of our callers as well. And uh, we're definitely going to bullshit about the about the past 10 months. So it'll definitely be a lot of fun. Um, so, uh, Dan? I was going to say, call in and talk to us at 646-668-8467. And don't forget to hit us up on uh, social media sites. And don't forget to go get your uh, official Two Guys in a Balcony Merchandise at CafePress.com, T-G-I-A-B. Um, Brian, I'm going to let you... Uh... Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, we've got about two minutes left in the show, ladies and gentlemen. I just wanted to say um, happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, that is from me to you. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Um, happy holidays, whatever holiday you celebrate during this time. Um, ladies and gentlemen, um, we do appreciate all of you. We do love all of you. Um, be safe. Be smart this holiday season. Uh, we want you here next week, um, and we want you here listening, uh, listening to us as we uh, jump into 2018. Um, we're really excited about the next uh, – what the next year is going to bring us. So we definitely want you to, you know, tune in. Um, Brian. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Dan said it, you know, and I'm going to say it. Merry Christmas from me and my family and from Dan and his family to you guys. And uh, thanks for tuning in every week, you know, and everything. Like I said, make sure, like, like we said, make sure you guys tune in next week. You're in review where it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a blast next week. Um, and that's what, that's what we're doing, man. So definitely thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a lot of fun and, uh, you guys have a very Merry Christmas and always please remember wipe your ass before you poop. All the cool kids are doing it, (laughs) but we will be back ladies and gentlemen, next Sunday, 6 PM Eastern, 3 PM Pacific, Dan, I love you brother and Merry Christmas to you guys as well. And, uh, we'll catch you next week. Have a good Christmas, ladies and gentlemen.